Trish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. What a fun morning. I mean, it's I, I for some reason I always start with the weather report, so I'm just going to tell you. It's gorgeous outside. Oh my gosh, it's hot, hot, hot though. Holy You think it's hot cow. right now? Yes, it's way too hot. It's super humid and it's really hot. That being said, everything is growing like gangbusters and Don't we've just been getting so much rain, it. so I do like that. I know. I know it is going to be a little sticky. Today, but wear your tube tops. It was stickier, I guess. I feel like it was stickier earlier this week. I opened my house up. I turned the air off today. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're insane. It's going to be 87 degrees this afternoon. My kid is going to hate me. (laughs) And I'm going to make him mow the lawn today, too. So that's going to be lots of fun. You just got to cool down. You got to drink something cool. You got to eat something cool. Dip into a lake. Here's the thing, people. You don't have to have a boat, remember, to get into a lake. That's true. Some One of my friends and I were talking, and uh, she's not on the lake either. She doesn't have a boat. You know, we live around the lake, which is sort of teasy because friends are on lakes. But... um, we talked about just grabbing those inner tubes, those blow up inner tubes, walking off the public access dock and I just know. bobbing in the bay. Yeah. Cool off. You can absolutely do it. Why which not? is really fun. Or you can get a group of people together and you can do those boat rentals. Easily. Where you like rent one for a day, which is so much better than owning a boat. Yes. And when you get some people together, it's not super expensive. It's like 150 bucks or it's, something like that. And it's really, really fun. If you fun. get a bunch of people on a pontoon. Get a pontoon. Always get a pontoon. Just, yeah. Don't Why do they mess even make other else? boats? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> when I see those huge cruisers going by like, like Lord Fletcher's and stuff, I'm like... That seems like overkill. Where's your, t- where's your pontoon? Where are you sitting and playing cards? I don't understand. <laughs> Is there a grill on the back of that? I don't understand. what. Yeah, you don't need to go that fast. You're not going fast now. Seems like a waste. I know. There's a lot of, I will say, there's a lot of big boats on the lake right now. That is the truth. There's some, you know, there are a lot compensations. Of Let's just a lot put it that way. Of money, honey. Yeah, I know. There we go. I know. Um, last weekend, I I'm, I want to make sure that uh, I have to clear some stuff up because I got some questions about last weekend. What happened? Oh, I just went to Mac and Thunes in St. Bonnie, which is like my favorite meat deli place yes, ever. Yes, you've and talked I, about this. Yeah. And, but they were, there's some confusion about Mac and Thunes, the grocery store, which is in Waconia. And Mac and Kathy McEnthune's Meat and Deli. And so I just wanted to make sure that people knew that Meat and Deli, it's the McEnthune's I go to is not the grocery store in Waconia. It is a separate little meat and deli place that was, it's the family owned. I think it was the originating of it all. Sure. But I think this is separate and independent and it is just a strictly a little deli. I mean, like it's like a butcher shop. Great. Yeah. So it's right off of seven and I think 90 or 92. But it's right in St. Bonnie. Like, it's not Waconia. It's St. Bonnie. Okay. So that's what I wanted to clear up. Because I had a couple people emailing me and say I was representing the wrong place. So I wanted to make sure that they knew. <laughs> that I was not. <laughs> that I was not. <laughs> I know. Um, I just want to remind everybody else something else is that today is the farm tour. The co-op Eat Local Farm Tour. Great. This What's like, happening? This is basically a thing that I felt like you should know about and you should be going on. I should be This going. afternoon. If you're looking for something to do in this steamy, hot, lovely weather, get to a farm. I bet it's kind of cool on the farm. I'm just going just gonna to put that money into that pot. Maybe. Wear Maybe. a hat. Uh, but basically around the metro and, and a little extended farther, there are 30 farms that oh, are having yes. open houses today. I do know about this, yeah. and that's today. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so you can kind of just cruise around to as many or as you know few as you want. Yeah, and it's free. And you just, you know, there's a bunch. You should go to the website, which is the co-op farm tour. And you can, they have itineraries, driving itineraries, so that you can sort of execute your best plan. Um, and you can go up to like Thousand Hills Cattle. You can go visit those Cannon guys. Falls, they're fabulous. Yeah, you can go to the uh, Mighty Axe Hop Farm. Great, and do some beer sampling. 
I mean, walk amongst the hops, people. Yeah, it's no a kidding. Good idea. That's really cool, and it's free. You don't have to RSVP or get no, tickets or you anything. You just go. It's just open house. So you could like decide right now, hey, let's load up the car and go. Yes. I know. I kind of love that. Yeah, I love that too. That's really, really great. It's a nice opportunity to get to know farmers. And then once you know farmers, yeah. then you want to buy from those farmers. Right. Because then you have a connection to them and then you just feel like, oh, I can see the operation. There's seriously something about that. Well, and there's a difference. You know, I mean, there really is a difference. Farms that are open and let you come in and want you to see what's going on. Yeah. There's a transparency there mm-hmm. and there's a real... Um, sense of responsibility and pride in terms of how the food is raised, whether it's animals, whether it's crops. Um, and then there are other kinds of operations. And so I would encourage you to go with the former. I know. <laughs> well, and I also, I also think the more you talk openly with people who are growing your food, the more you really understand because there's so much information out there and it's so cloudy and it gets so weird. Follow down rabbit holes and everything else. Just talk to the people who are working it. Yeah. You know, and then you'll know exactly what they're doing and what they're up to and, um, and where you want to put your dollars. And there is something really great about spending your money, your food dollars directly, giving it directly to the people who are growing it. Yeah. I mean, you really are, um, there's something you're really supporting something that's really important and people who are working hard. I mean, farmers are the hardest working people in America. Yeah. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. A thousand times. Nobody works harder than them. No. No, Other true. people work hard, Everyone but not as hard as a farmer. <laughs> not as hard as a farmer. Well, and they don't get rain days. They there's, don't get snow days. Like no when vacation. You go, when you go, hey, it's a snow day. I'm just going to call into work and sit and cozy up with a movie. They don't have that. Yeah, and when a hailstorm comes through, it can feel like a little stressful to you if you're going to get some dings. Maybe your you're car. thinking, oh, that would be great. Hit my roof so I can get a new roof. Yeah. Farmers are thinking a whole different situation. Yeah. How my crop's doing. Yeah. I yeah. know. So there you go. So that's happening today. Ooh, if you guys, that's really cool. I know. I know. I, think I do love that. I have to text. I have one kid who said he wanted to go. So I was thinking that I would grab him, but I have, he hasn't, oh, no, he's not. There are even go. some, um, when I'm looking at the website, there are even some um, urban farms that you can go to as well. If you don't want to oh, leave yeah. the city, if yeah. you're in the city, you can go to Mississippi Mushrooms, mm-hmm. the Bee's Knees. Yeah. Growing Lots Urban Farm. That's right in Seward. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Fabulous. I, I think that the go to the mushroom place. I kind of feel like that's a really good people, you know, you don't really understand how mushrooms grow or how people grow them for, yeah. you know, for sale. Because I always feel like I just mow over them. And I think, how do you control those? You I mean, should like, mow over those ones. <laughs> I know. And then, and then you're like, if you happen to find a flipping chanterelle or a morel and you're like, the gods are smiling on me. <laughs> and you sort of feel like it's just luck, you know? And I don't know there how is they a make mushroom that happen. Farm. There's a great mushroom farm. And now I'm in a blank on the name, but it's near, um, it's near St. John's university that I visited. And oh, yeah. this guy has a fantastic operation and he, um, Oh, it's going to kill me that I don't know the name. I'll think of it in yeah. a little bit, but um, he said, I mean, you can find his mushrooms like everywhere. And I went there and did a story on it for twin cities live a few years ago. And it's so fascinating because the you know mushrooms are so intriguing because they are the opposite of plants in yeah. which they um, emit carbon dioxide and take in oxygen just like we do. Yeah. So there's like this constant crazy air exchange that has to be going on when you're cultivating them, and they're just so mysterious. It's to- the the world of mushrooms is completely mysterious. The people who hunt them, yes. the mycologists, are it kind of weird too. And it, what's so <laughs> fascinating is that like. One mushroom will be delicious and so healthy for you. And the next one that looks so similar will kill you. Will kill you. (laughs) I mean, come on, you guys. I love this. This is so great. There is also, by the way, uh, since we're talking about mushrooms, did you know the Two Ponies Pizza Farm? Yes, I've been there. They have a mushroom pizza day. They have a chanterelle pizza day. So if you go and you want to do a a pizza farm, but they talk about mushrooms and they usually have people who are there 
they have like a program and they fungi like, experts. Yeah, and they talk about it and they walk you through the woods and they do all sorts of fun stuff. That Two Ponies Garden, they have a chanterelle. I don't know if it's sold out, but it's like, and it is a little bit expensive because the chanterelles go on your pizzas. Yeah, but it's also all you can eat pizza. Like you could walk up to the thing and eat all the pizza you want. We did that um, pizza farm. So it's Two Pony Gardens in there in Long Lake. And it is, um, if you're a big fan of the Foundry Home Goods, Mm -hmm. Darling store that used to be in the North Loop. Yep. That's now just in another area of Minneapolis. But they, um, that's her mom. Yeah. Anna's mom. It's her farm. And it is just magical. Yeah. It's magical. We, I brought my um, daughter and at the time he was a newborn and my sister and we went and just like, we, it was the best pizza I've had. I mean, it really was. And I visited some other pizza farms since then. Yeah. And it's not the the best pizza. And I will tell you that they, some of us out there in the boondocks, because you know, it's basically like two miles from my house. Yeah. And I pass it every time I go to pick up my son's friend, Marshall. Um, (laughs) Hey, Marshall. Hey, Marshall. The Johnsons. Um, (laughs) They have a farm store. Basically, a honor system farm store where they put because they grow dahlias and tomatoes. Yep. And so when the tomato harvest comes in, they put them in a bin at the end of their driveway. And, and you're you like, put in drive some up money. and you put some cash in, you take some tomatoes out and you go. That's the way to do it. I, that is why I live where I live. It is really great. I love it. Two Pony Gardens. Two Pony Gardens. Go there, eat the pizza, love it, and visit some farms today. Yes. Um, I'm going to quickly tell you about some ramen I had last night because I have to tell you about it. <laughs> where? What did you have? Tori 44. Up in, it took over the Victory 44 space. Got it. It's oh, the Tory yes. Ramen guys, Jason Durweiler. And I'm not going to say her name right, so I'm going to hold on to that. Uh, his partner in the business. She's lovely. They uh, opened it in that space. They are making their own ramen noodles. Yes, they are. You guys, it's it's fantastic. So I think Tory Ramen is so over the top fabulous that I like dream about it and think about it and crave it and want it all the time. Yes. And is Tory 44 just, is it like a second location? Let's is it just a different call incarnation? It a plus one on that really? because they're not only are they doing those ramen bowls, they're also doing appetizers. They have skewers. They've got yakitori. They've got, you know, which are the little meat skewers. They've got a whole bunch of other, they had clams, which I wanted last night, which I didn't get with kimchi. They've got, I mean, it's, it's it's a full bar and it is they have table service. Wow. So, yeah. Girl, let me tell you this. They have half portions. So your little nuggets. That's nice. Burn can go. There were kids all over that place. Oh, my child loves it. Yeah. She loves Tori Ramen. And they do have, you can get half portions at Tori Ramen. Oh, you can. Okay. On a couple the of them. I don't yeah. know if it's all of them. Yeah. Um, but my daughter just like wolfs it down. She like slurps up those noodles so fast and then she wants more of the egg. And she, Ugh. I have considered being like, can you put like three of those soft boiled eggs in I there? Know. Because she loves them so much. Is there more? I, okay, so I haven't been to Victory 44 in a long time, of course, before they closed. Yeah. It's a little bigger than Tori Ramen. Oh, yeah. It's much bigger. There's like a dining room, and then, I mean, it's not huge. Right. But they have an outdoor patio, there's a dining room area, and then there's a bar area. Those are like three separate. And then they also have that area, which was the front of Victory 44, which was like the bakery and stuff. Yeah. They, that's their noodle shop. So okay. they're making the noodles there. But still, I'm just telling you, we had this, Jake had this, he ordered the special, which was called Dramen. Drama in your ramen, oh, which I thought was so cute. That. I know. And it had three different, uh, basically broths. You know, they were using um, both from the Bali Bali with the tahini. Yes, I love that. That one. is the killer. That is the most beautiful ramen broth in the Twin Cities. It is so rich and so good. And yeah. I want all of it. And then they mixed it also with like two other sort of flavors. And then there was black garlic oil and there was chicken in it. And because, you know, this is a no pork situation. Yep. Tori ramen is no pork. Tori 44, no pork whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I'm not kidding you guys. I just was, and then I got, you're going to love this. I got the 
Framen. They called it Framen because it's pho and ramen. Together. Together. Framen. It was basically like a pho broth, but then ramen noodles, vermicelli, goat meatballs, goat meatloaf. Whoa. Goat chashu. Look at that. It was, you guys, I'm just, I'm impressed. Creativity wise and just really kind of intensity in, in product of goodness. I'm in. Tori 44. That's Tori fantastic. 44. And nice to know that because sometimes it's a little risky going to Tori Ramen and not knowing if you're going to get a seat. Because it's, yeah. it's tiny in there. It's I mean, tiny. it's like New York style. It's a yeah. little, little restaurant. Um, it's definitely worth it. But I like this idea of Tori 44. Ooh, good. That's going to be a next stop for me. And let me tell you, if you're thinking about taking Penn all the way north, that's it's a dicey affair. There's a lot of road construction. I'd say stick on the highway and then book in on Lowry and then go north to Victory. All right. We got to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some cookbooks. Yes. And cookbook trends. And there's a thing that's that's coming I'm excited to talk to you about. Ooh. We're talking about some food trends that are happening. We're going to talk about a pickling later in the show. Boom, pickling. Oh, my God, and zucchinis. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Can I just mention that um, July is... Kind of half over. I know. It's halfway over. Well, yeah, it's the 14th. It's the 14th. It is. It's halfway over. I know. It so really is. I just want to make sure that you guys are appreciating your grasshopper days, as I like to call them. Get out there and play in the air. But please, the best is yet to come. We got the harvest coming up, my friends. This is true. We are literally on the cusp of the greatest seasons for food. I know, where everything comes together. I always get a little bit sad when my cherry tree is done and when I- it's like, okay, the cherries are done. And then I start to think, why am I sad about that? I've got like 8,000 other things that are just ready and hopping. The cucumbers so the cherries are, are done, done in the... the... Cherries are done for the year. Okay. And for then, the year. They're all done. Yeah, they're done. They blossom and then they're done. And then they fruit and then, yeah. And then the pictures it. of Bernie sitting there chomping cherries is pretty great. Oh gosh, my child loves the cherries. Yeah. Um, and then now though, everything else is coming into play. I know. Okay, we're going to talk gardens soon. But in order to have your gardens, I did put a question on the Facebook, you guys. I asked... Uh, what is the last cookbook you bought? And then if you're not a buyer of cookbooks, what's the favorite in your collection? Because I, w- and we're going to go through some of those answers in a little bit, but um, there's a new thing that's coming. What's happening? They're calling it the Spotify for cookbooks. Oh, I know. Intriguing. Right. Okay. So, tell me more. First of all, let's talk. I want to know what's the last cookbook you bought. Oh gosh! Um, and well, maybe you don't buy them anymore because you get them sent to you. I because get your so media. many. I get a lot of press copies this sent is to me. Me too. Um, probably the well, the last two that I got sent to me that I really love that I kept um, were well, seriously delicious. Siri Daly is the yes. wife of Carson oh, yeah. Daly. She's a food blogger and she's a friend of mine from college. Right. So when her book showed up, of course I was going to keep it because it was really really exciting. And then she came on the show and she has like really approachable recipes. Yeah. And then I really loved looking at um uh Jonna Holmgren's The Forager's Kitchen. Yeah. She is darling. Yes. Her husband is a chalk artist and she has a blog um Bear Chalk or yeah, something. Yeah, it's Bear Fox Bear Chalk. Bear Fox Chalk, yeah. And um and then she has a blog and she's she just has like a really lovely view. She's like a very just like a sensitive and observant person. And so I like to see what she thinks about the world yeah, and what she thinks about parenting and what she thinks about food. Her um, cookbook is a little out there for me in terms of like a lot of like foraging things and kind of some um, processes that I probably wouldn't go through, but I loved looking at it. Yeah. So, so okay. So would you have bought that book? Like if it didn't come to you, I probably wouldn't have bought that one, but I was really happy that it showed up. Okay. And then, um, but the last books I bought, I bought April Bloomfield, two of her books when she was in town. Yeah. 
Um, and then, of course, like, oh, yeah, I my go to is the Moosewood cookbook. The original from the 70s yeah. is by far my favorite cookbook of all time. I think that's amazing. it's 100 percent the most inspirational and the most joy filled. That's true. We do me. talk about that. I remember that. Yeah, that's my favorite. But I'm really um, but cookbooks have been something that sometimes I struggle with because when I'm looking for a go to recipe, it is so easy to just go to my phone and Google something and kind of wade through reviews. Exactly. And I've been feeling like. I think I'm picking inferior recipes by not going to my cookbooks. Well, interesting. I mean, I do think that there are some things on the phone, you know, like when you, where you're kind of looking fast. Like the other day I was thinking, gosh, potato salad. Okay. Um, You know, like what are some other things I could be doing in my potato salad? And that was the thing that I would want to look just quickly online, survey a bunch of potato salad recipes and maybe pick and pull from those and get some inspiration. Right, But if I was thinking, okay, I have, uh, you know, I know that one of my friends is going to come over for brunch next weekend. She wants to talk some business stuff. I'll put out a nice brunch. That's when I go to a book and I think, okay, cause I want to see, like I'll look up brunch recipes, like in a menu, in a different kind of book. Um, Alison Roman's dining in. Have you seen that one? No. So Alison Roman, she's going to be writing for the New York times right now, but she is, um, I mean, she's, she's kind of an Instagrammy girl, which is, you know, hard for me to, I'm still working on accepting the new generations of of ways of things. Um, but her book, Dining in Highly Cookable Recipes, was something I grabbed off of the shelf like a like a I don't even know, like a year ago almost, maybe. Yeah. And I grabbed it and I was like, I really and there's a bunch of recipes in there that I really liked. And so that's the kind of thing where I might pull something from somebody else if they have a plan for something. I kind of think that's when I grab the book. Yes, that's and of fabulous. Course, the instant pot. You know, Melissa Clark's dinner in an instant was always a big, I mean, that was like a revolution for me because I was thinking about, I have this gadget. I don't really know what I'm doing it. it. Yeah. Yeah, And it was kind of fun. But so what I want to tell you about is this, they're launching this new thing called CKBK cookbook, basically. And it's, um, it's being kickstarted right now, but it's like Spotify where you're going to be a subscriber and you're going to have unlimited access to a collection of the world's best cookbooks, including 100,000 recipes. So do you get the actual book or is this no. like a virtual you're on the website looking through the book? Yeah. Okay. But it's books and not just web recipes. Yes. The difference is you can get uh, Raghavan, you know, Raghavan's 660 curries that would be in there. And then you've got his 660 curries without the book sitting on your shelf. Yes. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think I like this. I, it's a little strange. I mean, I don't know if um, if I would subscribe to that. That being said, it's a very intriguing idea. I think that I miss cooking from books. Yeah. And so I've been trying to figure out, like, what's the best way for me to tackle this? Like, I've been thinking about this is funny that you bring this up because I've been sort of like marinating on this idea of like picking a book from my collection every month and just having it sitting out on like my little cookbook stand in my kitchen and reading through it and then picking some recipes to make from that book. Yeah. And then really making a decision. Do I want this book in my collection or do I not? Well, because I want to be cooking from my books. So I think that's the funny thing is, is we had talked, Hanson and I had talked about, you know, we would do this cookbook swap you know, every year in October. I know, I love it. And I really want to continue doing that. But I think that there's something about, I was thinking, I joined the Tasting Tables Cookbook Club. Sure, and other people have them too. Yeah, I love these cookbook clubs. And I thought maybe that's the way that we start this and we start a throw in and we start like a cookbook swap 
club and then we all cook from books and we describe them and you know we kind of say okay this is I did this one and this was these are the three recipes I love but I'm not feeling it this one's going into the swap yeah and in a weird way we might know what's coming and what to pick and what you want to aim towards I don't know I thought it might be fun I know I think that's a great idea it is just there's something about um about cooking from books that just makes it so special. And I think of like my mom's cookbooks and the ones that I like that she's written in and oh, yeah. all of that, that I just love so much that I want to be able to have those too. And so like to pass on to my children, yeah. of like the recipes that I would always make and have them written down. Yeah. And I think sometimes when I'm like constantly just like Googling, yep. It's I'm sort of just I do too. get that cookbook. Also for me, for I am, I'm a big riffer. I mean, I riff, me too. I don't follow recipes, so it's always a little bit... The book is the inspiration for me. Yeah. I don't need the instructions, I feel like. I, I mean, I do. I'm not perfect in everything, but I would rather read the recipe, synthesize what it is, and then cook from that. Yeah. But I don't necessarily always have to be like, okay, well, this is half a teaspoon of dill. I might just throw dill in. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. So I, but I mean, the books to me are more inspiring than the web is. And so like, having that and also seeing the flow of a book... The flow of how one recipe goes to another or how they've organized things, that to me is a more intuitive moment of how this person cooks. And if I'm following how they cook, I want that more than I want a quick hot sample. I'm totally with you. Yeah. So I don't know. Interesting. Look at this. So it's in Kickstarter right now. Right. Called- so you can pledge. CKBK.com. Yep. And if you want to put into the Kickstarter, they've reached like 85% already in like a week. And there's like 28 more days to go. You can pledge five bucks. You can pledge 10 bucks and still be and get in on the ground floor of this as a founder. And then you get the swag and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to put a link on the... I know you're thinking about it. I know. I'm right. pondering. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to... What are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about some food trends and uh, and all the fun stuff. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, we were talking about cookbooks. And um, we're going to talk a little... We're going to... We have a question on the Facebook page because I am interested to see what your... The last cookbook you actually bought... Or what's the favorite in your collection? We're going to go through those at the top of the Ask Stephanie portion. Catherine Nelson tweeted us and said, I agree with you about cookbooks. They're the best for inspiration. I use the web when I'm short on time, but I love the cookbook club idea I'm in. Oh! See? Lady Kin. I love her. things happening. I know. All right. Um, Let's talk about some food trends because I don't know if you know this, but there's such thing called the fancy food show. Oh my gosh. I don't know why I'm not invited. Why aren't you invited? I don't know. I would love to go to a fancy food show. I I love food. I love fans. I love the whole thing. Love the fans. Well, (laughs) the summer fancy food show, I think it's in New York or it's in Chicago. Oh, it is New York. Okay. So they, you know, they have a couple of them a year and basically this is where people go. Like this is where your grocery store people go to find products to carry. And this is where local maker makers go to showcase what they can do and hopefully get products in store. It's like a trade show for fancy food. I like See? it. See? Now, our friend Lori uh, Kroll does not go to the fancy food trust. She, she says. doesn't. No, because she has so enough connections with people. Well, she's she doesn't on need fire. To. No, she doesn't need to go. She's got more people who want to get in her store than she can even handle. Right. right. I got to stop by there today. My brioche is waiting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So there's a couple trends that are happening because, you know, what, we like to kind of point out trends so you can watch what's coming in your, you know, in your uh, grocery stores or the new products that are going to show up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. One of the things um, that is coming, they said that the biggest thing uh, that they noticed that this is from J. Walter Thompson, um, which is a, a brand agency. But I like to they have a lot of great trend reports and they are out there and they're measuring the people and, and the stuff. Cool. I like it. 
Uh, one of the things they said, the biggest thing they've noticed was versatility in product, meaning they don't, as far as across categories and products, there's a unifying theme of versatility. Products had multiple purposes, encouraging creativity and experimentation. This all goes to that trend for people trying to answer the new way of everything. You want everything customized. Yeah. And it's not just millennials. It's like, I refuse to do that whole thing where we say millennials are responsible for everything. (laughs) But it is the cultural shift where we all, we want to, I want my Converse, but I want to customize my Converse, you know, when I order them online. Definitely. I want, so this idea that, okay, so if people want to customize things, you have to make your product very versatile. So like maple syrup isn't just for pancakes anymore no you have to say hey this can also go into your coffee this could also be like part of an ice cream situation it's you know it's a it's a dessert topper i just used it to sweeten whipped cream the other day and topped with berries and it was so fantastic right yeah so so if they're going to start thinking about products that way they're going to start saying okay well here are the different you know varieties that could answer to those needs i think too i mean a lot of us are trying to just like minimize and streamline a little bit and so if you have a few ingredients that can do a lot of things like there's just there's also a little bit of a focus on not wasting stuff and there's nothing worse than like when you go through your condiment door of your fridge and you throw out 20 things because you realize they were expired in 2016 and you're thinking like it's time for this to go yeah it starts to make you think i just don't want to waste that much stuff and i want to be able to really use it and use it in a few different ways and have you know, I, I I love, I'm subscribing to this idea of fewer, better things. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I would rather have fewer things that are great than a whole bunch of crap. Right. Because a whole bunch of crap is just making me like crazy. Well, you get buried. Yeah. You just get buried and then and, and then you get overwhelmed and everything is useless. Okay. Interesting. Um, Another thing they're talking about is uh, healthy mixers. And this is sort of a, the idea that, uh, you know, a lot of people, we've talked about this before too. And that was one of my major trends for this year and last year was just the non-alcoholic trend mm-hmm. and sort of thinking about taking your beverage and your social situation, how beverages, especially boozy beverages have gone from vice. We don't even think of like the liquor industry as the sin industry, which 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it still was. Prohibition did happen it in this did. country. I know. It's hard to believe. it was a sin. And so now we've gone so far away from it that it's come into this healthy space where they're not necessarily saying just drinking is healthy but they're saying the act can be by adding in healthy mixers and they're calling it healthinisms by healthier alcoholic drinks and mixers um, are being brought in like wine grape infused water Ooh, isn't that interesting I just you know I think a lot of this comes to from this trying to reduce sugar in our diets. I oh, mean, when you realize how prevalent sugar is and how it's just like nonstop and it is the cause of a lot of health problems. Yeah. You know, and listen, I love a piece of cake just like everybody else. But the problem I have is that when sugar is in every single thing, then it's like you can't even enjoy the piece of cake. Like enjoy the cake, get the sugar out of like your bread and your tomato sauce where it doesn't right. need to be. Right. And so, and like these sugar laden cocktails, I mean, the idea of like a sickly sweet strawberry daiquiri from a machine i mean gags me (laughs) i know but i still that doesn't mean that i don't want some flavor in my beverage right but flavor isn't just a sugar bomb no and in fact yesterday at tory 44 jake had a lemonade the guy shook it he shook he squeezed the lemon he squeezed lime he put yuzu which is a japanese citrus oh sure and he shook it 
and poured it. And there was, I, I don't even know if there was sugar in it. And there it is. And there it is. And I was like, that's, why are we not having that? Why are we not having time? that all the time? Yeah, yeah. that's great. Get a little bit more real food, not just relying on cheap sugar to make something sweet. No, and in fact, they, they reported that the shrub thing was hitting the mainstream hard. And I feel like, well, duh, we've been talking about shrubs for years. I mean, shrubs are so old news. I know, it really is. But one of the other things I want to talk about, especially, they're talking about those wellness snacks, the well-being snacks, cauliflower gaining popularity as the carb substitute. We all know how that well that is doing. That's good. I'm putting cauliflower in my smoothies. Yes, you are. And I wanted to ask you about that because that <laughs> freaks me out a little because it is still... You know, a cute, what is it, cruciferous? It's a cru- cruciferous vegetable. Yes. It's wonderful. I've been putting it in my smoothie. I follow um, the blogger Weelicious yeah. on, her name's Catherine McCord on Instagram, and she has this smoothie project. She feeds her kids smoothies every single day. Yeah. And she suggested putting frozen cauliflower in your kids' smoothies. You don't taste the cauliflower. It adds a veggie, and it actually makes it kind of creamy. Oh, I bet. And so I started doing it, and it's like a game changer. And then I feel this really wonderful sense of balance when on, you know, like a busy night, if my husband's gone and I've got the kids on my own and I decide to feed them grilled cheese for dinner, if I give them a smoothie on the side with cauliflower in it, it's like boom, balanced meal. We're totally good to go. And it's fantastic. I think that's great. Seriously, try adding frozen cauliflower. So what are you putting in it? You're putting cauliflower and what? Yeah, like I'll do um, frozen fruit. So I'll do, you know, for I usually do like half a banana. I'll do like frozen mango and frozen strawberries, for example. Like those are, that's kind of the classic combo for us. Then I add some frozen cauliflower. I add some um, greens, whatever, like kale. They never notice it. You put a little bit in there. Yeah. And then I'll do whatever kind of milk. Like we do whole grass-fed milk at our house. But, um, we we can't do nut milk for my daughter. Right. So you but you could do nut milk. I'll do flax milk sometimes. Blend it up. Boom. Serve it to them and then they suck it down with a straw and they're so happy. Wow. And then it's like automatic veggie. Yeah. Dunzo. No battles. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cauliflower in your smoothie. Just try it. I'm in for that. Don't okay. do like a ton. Just do like a little handful of florets. Yeah. Well, I'm growing cauliflower, too. We're going to talk about that. Oh, yes. um, but listen, the other thing that we want to talk about is the fats. Actually, I don't know if we have time for that. We're going to come back for that. We have one minute. Okay, so we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, because it's going to be the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. You can call in 651-641-1071 and ask us any of these questions. But I want to talk to you about ghee specifically. Yes. And then also, what's the deal with fat? Because you know how I love fat. And I've always been, I've been saying for a while, fat is back, but I feel like it's, it's actually back. Here's the tease. Take your skim milk, get rid of it and never buy it again. Never buy it again. And get it off the store shelves. Yeah. Let's just stop it. And we'll tell you why. Okay. We'll be right back. This is Weekly Dish. Hey everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this morning. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. And you can give us a call at 651-641-1071. You can also send us uh, a little note on the Twitters or send us, you can try to send us an email. (laughs) Oftentimes I can't look at my phone while I'm talking because I just can't drive and eat at the same time. The Twitters. I know. The Twitter machine is helpful for this. It is. And then you can put some positivity out on Twitter, which Twitter needs desperately. (laughs) For the love I love that too. Uh, we do have a couple questions just quickly on the, uh, on the Twitters. One from uh, our friend Rebecca Pryor. She says, are there other ways to buy stock so that I am not wasting the whole container when I only use it every once in a while? Cause she's got the kitchen basics, you know, what you crack open and then you pour it. Um, and I'm going to say, girl, that you can buy frozen stock. You can buy frozen stock. And you can get that right in your... There's a couple local great broth stock makers. Mm-hmm. And you can buy them in your... Uh, I think they're already frozen in 
co-ops. I know my co-op carries it. You can also freeze it. I mean, if yeah. you open up a container yeah. and then you pour, you know, a half a cup for whatever, if you're making something simple and then you've got the rest of it, just pour it into, I mean, I freeze stuff in glass jars all the time, you guys, yeah. and I have no problem with it. You just leave a, an appropriate amount of headspace because of course it's going to, the liquid's going to expand. So leave like a couple of inches at the top and then I pop jars of stuff all the time into my freezer and that's how I store stock. The other thing that you can use is better than bullion. Better than bullion is they have an organic version. They have a low sodium version. It is essentially chicken stock. It's like a, it's like a gel concentrate. So it's not one of those like dusty old cubes. It's just bullion. And you use like a teaspoon for every eight ounces of water. I use it all the time when I'm like making grains. So if I'm making rice or quinoa or something like that, I just put the grain in, put the water in, and then do a scoop of the better than bouillon and stir it up a little bit. And then that's how I cook my grains instead of doing a whole thing of stock. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I have, because I make so much stock, I haven't bought stock. I don't even know the last time. Because every time I buy a chicken or make a chicken, I make stock. And so I've been freezing them into uh, cubes. That's doing great. like, you know, so that way I crack a stock cube out of my ice cube tray yep. and then I only use the, as much as I need and I just melt it into whatever. It just melts fast into the pot. The nice thing to do, too, is if you use those um, silicone um, ice cube trays, they're yeah. really easy to pop out. So like if you freeze, because I, I use mine for all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But if you freeze stock or you can freeze like white wine, you can freeze anything and then you can pop them out really easily and put them in just like a zip top bag yeah. in your freezer. And then that way your ice cube trays aren't like constantly held hostage by something. I know. And balancing. Mine yeah. seem to balance on things all the time. <laughs> and then when you open the freezer door, <laughs> everything crash. I know. It happens pretty a lot at my house. I know. Hey, we have Mary on the line. Hey, Mary, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, ladies. Just love you. I, I want, Stephanie wanted to say I just love your summertime guest, oh, guest host. It's fun, right? It, it's really great, although Elizabeth is my favorite. Oh, oh you are too that's awesome. sweet. That's because I'm sitting right here. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, there's that, but no, I really do love you. <laughs> Thank I you. Have a question, I have a question for you um, and then a cookbook that I like. Um, I thought I'd mention it's the Easy Peach cookbook yeah it's asian food it's wonderful i just love it i've used it so much um uh, question for you elizabeth where did you buy your cherry tree oh good question okay so it's a north star cherry tree is the cherry tree that i have you know this is actually a great time to buy it i bought mine i think three years ago i think i've had it for this is my third year with it bearing fruit. So I probably bought it three or four years ago. Um, I bought it at Eggplant Urban Farm Supply in St. Paul. Um, Mother Earth Gardens in Longfellow, they have another location. They also have it. I'm sure Sunnyside Gardens has them. I mean, really, most garden stores are going to have uh, ch- tart cherry trees. The North Star cherry tree is the variety that I have. Um, and what I did is I waited until the fall. I kind of bought it on a whim when I happened to be at eggplant. I was picking up some chicken feed and then, um, I said, wait a second. This tree is on sale. It's like 35 bucks. <laughs> I think I'm going to oh, buy this sorry. and just see. Cause then it's like, well, who cares? You know, because it was $35. Yeah. I thought, well, if it doesn't work, it'll be fine versus, you know, they can be a little bit more expensive. Um, so I bought it and planted it in the fall. And then the next spring I got cherries. 
Oh, really? The next year? The wow. next spring, okay. I got some cherries. And it wasn't as huge harvest. It wasn't as huge as I get now. Um, I will tell you that I've had a lot of people tell me that they struggle with birds. We bought my mom a North Star cherry tree for Mother's Day last year. This year, she got cherries for the first year. She left town for like five days, came home, and every single one was gone. Oh. So she bought all oh, those no. terrifying bird-scaring machines yes. that yes. like... To put out in the yard because she was so sad because she didn't get any of them. Um, We don't have that problem. I mean, I live in South Minneapolis and I just... For some reason, like maybe the birds just haven't ex- haven't found my cherries, yeah. which is great. I did see a squirrel running away with one um, a few weeks ago, but uh, you might want to just watch out for birds. Some people have to do nets over them or they buy those bird scaring things, but that'll just depend on where you live. My parents live in Burnsville. They had a hard time with it. I don't have a hard time with it. Okay. All right, Mary. Well, thank you. There you go. Happy cherry tree Happy growing. Cherry tree. We also have Marie on the line. Hey, Marie, are you there? Yes. Um, I have a question. What type? What brand of bullion? I'm hoping for a low sodium and or more natural, and I'll hang up and listen. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Uh, it's called Better Than Bullion. Okay. So Better Than Bullion is the brand. You can get it really anywhere. I mean, I know Lunds and Byerly's carries it. I'm sure like Cub Foods carries it. They have an organic version. Yep. And they have um They have a reduced sodium. sodium. Yep. yep. And then they also have mushroom versions, which are really cool, and vegetable versions and beef. Um, And so it's organic beef, bullion, chicken bullion, mushroom, and it's called Better Than Bullion is the brand. Yep, and we can put a link on to the, Hope's going to put it on to the uh, Facebook page too, so you guys can link right up to it. I don't find the regular um, too salty, but I don't add any other salt. Right. So if I like am making rice and I'm using the Better Than Bullion in there, um, I don't add salt to the water too. Uh, here's a question from Ashley. She says, how do you organize the cookbook recipes you want to try? I have so many books, but then when I menu plan, I get bogged down with too many ideas or don't know where to start. I think this is a common problem. And Steph and I were just talking about this in the break about yeah. our strategies. And I've been thinking, um, so I use little tabs so that I um, like almost like little post-it, post-it notes, notes, but yeah, little tiny flags. tabs, the flags. And when I get a cookbook, I look through it and I flag recipes that I know I want to try. The other thing that I think um, you can do is take one cookbook and focus on that for a month. That's what I think. This is what we were just talking about trying to do is taking one cookbook, focus on it for a month, look through it at the beginning of the month and kind of strategize which recipes you want to make Mm -hmm. and then just make a couple and see what works for you. And then what might happen is at the end of the month, you might find this book isn't really my jam Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to pass it on to somebody else Yeah, or donate it. Right. And go to used bookstores for cookbooks. For cookbooks. Well, that's Arcs Value Villages. You know, that's where we donate everything that we don't get, you know, that the swap doesn't take. Yeah. So basically everything, if you miss our cookbook swap in October, you go to Arcs Value Village and they have like all the leftovers. Yeah. So I think that's a brilliant. Plus they also have great. I told you about the, like my worst regret ever was we were broadcasting. And I remember this. There was a giant cast iron pot. That I was like five bucks and I was like, oh, I got to go back and get that. But we were broadcasting, so I couldn't grab it. Mm. Should have grabbed it. Should have sent somebody. You should have sent someone who was listening to the show. They would have understood and then would have gone and you could have given them a finder's fee. (sighs) Oh, well, (laughs) I know. Oh, we have Diane on the line as well. Hey, Diane, what's going on? Hey, I have a question for you. Um, We are constantly trying to buy new um, or buy vegetables to add to all of our different um, meals and everything. And then... We use some of it, and then it starts to go bad. I'm wondering if you guys have any ideas for um, just ways to 
to use a bunch of stuff, that, you know, fruits or vegetables or whatever, when it's starting to go bad, where it's not going to be gross to use it, but we can still use it. And then one other quick thing is, if you guys haven't heard of the Meal Lime app, Meal and then Lime, L-I-M-E. No. It lets you. It's the most amazing app. You can say if you have any problems as far as like, oh, I can't eat fish or I'm, I can't eat this or whatever. And then it um, hand makes meals for you and it separates it all into ingredients and by like grocery store area. And you could do it for how many people. So we, it's just my fiance and me. We always say it's for four people and that way we have enough meals for lunches the next day. It's the most amazing app ever and it's free okay that's fun good tips i like that okay using up fruits and vegetables you have some ideas no go ahead okay well i have a couple things i would say um a really great way to do that is to make soups make blended soups and these are things that then you can freeze and store for later so if you feel like you've got some things that you're kind of going okay it's maybe like hitting hitting the end of its prime um just cook it all together like you know i don't know if you have a bunch of carrots you could make a carrot soup there's in the moosewood cookbook i love they have a carrot ginger soup that's so great and an herbed carrot soup yeah and it's essentially just onion carrot celery blend it all together and um and you can freeze it for later hey diane why don't you why don't you listen up because we're and we're we're shutting up this segment but we'll talk about it when we come back okay Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Diane. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Stay tuned for the second hour.